Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. I was talking to somebody before the 9 a.m. service and, and uh, said, my problem this time of year is that the food is always out. So when you gather and you eat lunch, the food just stays out. And so you just keep going back and you keep eating more and you keep eating more and you keep eating more. Um, but that's all right. We're going to fast in January. We're going to get rid of all that. <laughs> um, want to let you know Thanksgiving baskets uh, today, if you have your items, turn those in today. There's a box out there in the lobby where you can drop those off. Or if you're donating a turkey, you can let us know, um, and you can put that out there as well. All that stuff is going to be collected today. And this Wednesday, uh, we have several families um, that we're going to be giving those to on Wednesday so that they can have uh, a Thanksgiving meal uh, ready to be prepared, easy for them to cook. Uh, that's going to be right there at their doorstep on Wednesday before the end of the day that they can cook and prepare on Thursday. So we're excited about that. I want to thank you for everybody who's donated, everybody who's given toward that. Um, if you want to nominate, if it, we still are, are taking families, if you want to nominate a family, you can go on the Church Center app and there's somebody you know of that you think this would be a blessing to, you can nominate them um, by uh, going to the More tab and then you'll see the Thanksgiving baskets there where you can put a family and their information in, and we'll make sure that they get one. I want to say thank you even to the people that are going to be this week going to be uh, traveling around and, and delivering those uh, for everybody who, who has donated anything. We're so grateful for your generosity and your, uh, your heart to uh, really get behind what the Lord's put on our heart to do as a church and to be a blessing in this community. Um, our, you heard it in the announcement a minute ago, but Share the Hope is coming up. This is an event we do every single year. Uh, a couple of weeks before Christmas, and uh, we're going to be at Wade Park on December the 9th, Saturday, December the 9th, from 10 to 12, and we're going to be giving everything away, everything that we have. There's going to be, uh, I believe there's going to be other churches involved and some organizations in the community that are going to be there, and we're going to have just some fun stuff for the kids, food, uh, but we're going to be giving away pillows, blankets, socks, and jackets specifically along with a few other things, but those are the four things specifically that we're asking you to donate if you want to donate. And as always, you can give, if you prefer somebody else do your shopping for you, we're always open to that. You can give online uh, and just designate it for Share the Hope, and then somebody will, uh, somebody will get those items for you and bring them here. But out in the lobby, there's going to be a box wrapped in Christmas paper. Come on, because it's almost Christmas time. And uh, you can drop, just weekly drop your items in there. Go, go get some pillows and some socks and uh, you know, maybe something that you have, a jacket that's even in your closet that you've never worn before, and you're like, man, I can, this could be a blessing to somebody else, and then it just sit in my closet, uh, but whatever that is, let's be a blessing to families uh, like we do every single year as we head into the holiday season. We're going to be able to bless so many people, and come out and serve. Be there on that Saturday. Don't just donate. We want you to donate, but don't just do that. Be there to pray for somebody. Be there to have a conversation with somebody. Be there to to have fun, you know, with your kids interacting together and uh, be actually being the hands and feet of Jesus on site that day to love on people and uh, do what, what we've titled the event to do is share the hope. Some people, some people just need hope uh, during the Christmas season and we want to be a blessing to them. And then the last thing I want to do before we get into the message is uh, kind of give you an overview of what the end of the year is going to look like. 
so Christmas at Impact this year is going to be on uh, our candlelight service. going to be on Friday, December the 22nd at 6 o'clock. And so we'd love to have you here for that. It's always a, it's just a special service where it's all Christmas songs. It's all honoring, uh, honoring the birth of Jesus and taking communion together, candlelight, uh, the Christmas story. All of those things are going to take place on that Friday night. And then that Sunday morning, we want you to be able to be with family. And so we're going to be online on Sunday, December 24th. And then on Sunday, December 31st, if you've been a part of our church, we do something every single year we call Sabbath Sunday. And we take that Sunday off. And the reason why we do that, you say, why are we taking a Sunday off? Because there are a lot of volunteers and some staff people. And uh, how many of you are incredibly thankful for all the volunteers and the worship team, production team, people that are serving in kids ministry? And so we want uh, people to be able to travel, be with family, but also uh, for all of our volunteers to really take a Sabbath. And, and have some time to just be with their family and, and, and take a break for a minute. And then on Sunday, December the 7th, we're going to be back, and it's Vision Sunday. Come on, 2024, it's going to be awesome, and we're looking forward to that. So that's kind of a, a breakdown of what the rest of the year will look like, and then some other things, build team party and other things in there as well. Uh, we, we moved, so one thing we were going to do in December, was going to be on the 17th, was baptisms, made new weekend. We've actually moved that, and we're going to do that next Sunday. So if you want to be baptized, follow the Lord in water baptism, next Sunday we're going to be baptizing people during the 1045 service, so you can go on the church app and register. We want to be able to get you a shirt, have a towel ready, all those things ready, so that you can be baptized next Sunday, so get registered as soon as possible. And then the last thing I'll say before we pray for a church is if you would like one, I'm, I'm advertising our brand new sweatshirts that we have in. You can get these in the lobby at the store location out there uh, if you want one. And um, yeah, and just kind of represent, come on, represent the church that you love so much. Come on. <laughs> just around town, just the church that you care about so much. You can represent and we would greatly appreciate that. And today I want to pray for Lifeline Worship Center. So if you will, let's bow our heads and say a word of prayer. God, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to be here in your presence, gathered together. May we never take it for granted. Lord, we lift up Lifeline Worship Center to you today. We thank you for their their congregation, their leadership, their pastor. Lord, I pray that you would bless them as they build your kingdom. And we thank you for the opportunity that we have to build the kingdom alongside them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, today is a standalone message, not a part of a series, anything like that. Next weekend, we're beginning a Christmas series that you'll want to be here for. But today is one of those messages that I felt like the Lord dropped in my heart a while back that I've been holding on to and just asking Him for the right time to share it. Felt like today was the perfect day. And um, so I've titled this message, if you're taking notes, Fruitful Living. Fruitful Living. Fruitful Living. In fact, why don't you look at the person sitting next to you and say, Your life... Come on, everybody participate. Your life should be fruitful. Fruitful living. Fruitful living. Now, it's important. The first thing that you have to realize is that it's it's important for you to know that God has always intended for your life to produce fruit. When you stepped into relationship with Jesus, uh, his intention for your life was for it to be fruitful, for it to be a blessing to other people, for there to be fruit being produced out of your life. And we know that Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is producing this fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But today I want to talk specifically about the fruit that comes out of us, the fruit that we're producing that other people are partaking of, or, or we could say it this way, the evidence of your faith. 
the fruit that is the evidence of you being a believer in Jesus and being connected to him. And in John 15, Jesus is having a conversation, and we're going to be in a few different places as we get started, and then we'll, we'll kind of camp out on one passage of Scripture here in just a moment. But John 15, uh, Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples before he goes to the cross, and he says some things in that conversation to them and to us that I want to look at. And this is what he says starting in verse 1. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Which, if you study that a little bit, you, it, it's, it's removing undesirable elements, or it's a cleaning, which makes sense when you read the next verse. He says, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. One of the ways that we show people around us and we bring glory to God we show people around us that we are disciples and bring glory to God is by bearing much fruit. Jesus said, it's to my Father's glory that you would bear much fruit and you would show yourself to be a disciple of mine. Life isn't about just keeping God happy. Come on, you ever, you ever felt like you were living your life, just keep God happy. Got to keep God happy today. Got to make God happy today. Got to do certain things so that God stays happy with me. Or life isn't about just getting by. It's not about waking up on Monday and just getting by. Just getting by, you know? Just, just waiting until Jesus comes back, just getting by, getting by. That's not the life that God intended for us to live. Life is not about associating with Jesus so that we can stay away from hell. Come on, somebody. Like, I associate with Jesus because I don't want to go to hell. I heard somebody talking about hell one time, and I thought, well, I don't want to go there, so I'll do whatever you tell me to do so that I don't have to go there. But here's the problem with that is whenever you enter into uh, salvation, a relationship with God like that, and it's out of fear, you know, fear, well, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Well, what happens in three months when you're no longer thinking that way? The Bible says that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's understanding what Jesus did for you and how much he loves you that changes your heart, and you think, wow, I need to surrender my life to this, this God who sent his son to die for me and take my place, and I, I need his salvation. Our lives as Christians should be bearing much fruit because of who we're connected to. It's because of who we're connected to, that he's the vine and we're the branch. And because we're connected to him, we bear fruit. Our life should bear fruit. One, one commentary gave a great example or an explanation of the difference between a person bearing fruit versus a person not bearing fruit. And this is what he said. The fruitful branches are believers who by their union with Jesus produce much fruit. But those who don't bear fruit have only made a superficial commitment to Jesus. And my concern is that there are some of us that have just made a superficial commitment to Jesus, maybe because we didn't understand what it looked like to really follow Jesus or to bear fruit because of our connection to him. Maybe you've just never been taught. Maybe you've never known that. Maybe it's a choice that you're making. Well, I just want, I, I want to associate with Jesus, but I don't want him to change anything about me. I don't, want him to, I don't want him to work in me so that it actually produces fruit out of my life. John the Baptist, 
uh, in Matthew chapter 3, he said something that, that I think is so important for us to get. It says, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. Well, I got the right connections. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And I love verse 8, because John, as he's baptizing people who are placing their faith in Jesus, and the Pharisees show up on the scene, and he says, in essence, this is my paraphrase, he says, what are you doing here? Here's what you need to do. You need to go produce fruit that is consistent with what you say you believe. That you have, you have something, there's, there's something inside of you and you're like, well, I, we know the word, we know the scriptures, we're the most holy people, like everybody needs to become, why are they coming to you and they need to be coming to us? And he says, here's what you need to do, the fruit of your life needs to actually reflect what you, that you've actually repented, that you've actually turned from your sin, that you've actually began to follow Jesus. And so here's the question that we have to ask ourselves is, is my commitment to Jesus real or superficial? Is my commitment to Jesus based on circumstances or is it a real commitment to Jesus to follow him no matter what? To take up my cross daily and follow him. There's another place in scripture where Jesus is telling a parable and you'll be familiar with this. It's a parable of a farmer who sowed seed and then when he's alone with his disciples, they ask him, what does this parable mean? What are you talking about? And he explains it to them and we have the privilege of reading the explanation for this parable, and this is where I want to camp out and spend the rest of our time today. This is in Mark chapter 4 is where I want to read it from, starting in verse 13. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Jesus, he tells us that the seed... In this parable is the word. It's the word of God that's being sown in your life, being sown in my life, being, being sown as we share the gospel with other people around us. He said it's the, it's the word of God. We know that Jesus is the word. John 1.1 1, 1 would tell us that it's the, same, it's the same exact word that he used when he was saying, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. It's the same word. It's this logos word. It's the word of of God. It's the word that came out of God's mouth that spoke everything into existence. That everything was created through him and by him and for him. That it's, it's the word of God. And it's this word of God that is the key to our lives in many ways to live fruitfully as followers of Jesus. It's the word in us. It's getting the word in us. And so based off of this parable that Jesus taught, I want to do two things today with the rest of our time. I want to give you some reasons based on what Jesus said, why we have unfruitful lives sometimes. And then I want to give you some simple steps that Jesus said 
that will lead us to actually live fruitful lives. So why, why do we live unfruitful lives? You say, we say we're a believer, we say we're following Jesus, but I don't see any fruit coming out of my life. There's nothing that is being produced out of me. There's nothing that, that is coming out of me that is producing anything in the world around me. Here's the first reason I believe we don't receive the word. We don't receive the word. Have you ever been, you ever needed help with something, you needed some advice with something, and you went to a counselor, you went to a friend, you went to somebody to talk to them, and you're like, okay, here's the situation, financial, financial counselor or something, you know, advisor, and here's the situation, here's what we are, here's what we're dealing with, and you go to them, and they tell you this, and they're like, all right, if you'll do this, and you'll do this, and you'll do this, and you'll kind of shift this or whatever, and you're like, okay, but you don't receive it. Like, you went to them for help, and they gave you advice, and you were like, Okay, I hear your advice, but you walk out and you do something completely different. You don't take any of their advice. You don't receive anything from them. Sometimes we do this with the Word of God. We hear it. Come on, we come to church and we hear it, but we don't receive it. We read it on a Tuesday, but we don't receive it. And, and, and I think sometimes the problem with fruitfulness in our lives is that we have not received the word we've heard it but we haven't received it someone can try to hand you a gift but you have to receive it we're about to go into the christmas season and people are going to be giving gifts and giving gifts or whatever but you have to actually receive you ever given a gift to somebody and they didn't receive it isn't that awkward (laughs) i think sometimes god is like i have a gift for you i've given you my word i've given you this to live by this to to make your life fruitful And we don't receive it, and sometimes it's like, you know, and I don't think, like, theologically this is not correct, but it's almost like God is like, this is awkward. I'm trying to give you a gift, and you just won't take it. You won't receive the gift. Someone can preach a great message, but you've got to receive it. Someone can share God's truth with you, but you have to receive it. And I think a few reasons why some people don't receive it. Um, I think I think some people aren't ready for it, you know, like I, I think sometimes sometimes we come to church or we're talking to people or whatever and it's kind of like we're trying to fill out this Christianity thing. We're like I don't know if this is something I really want in my life. I've been hearing about it. I've been, you know, trying to figure out what is what is who is God? What is God about? What is, you know, like what is, what is his word about? Everybody says that I need to be reading it or I need to be, you know, going to church or whatever. And you're trying to like fill out. What, and so you don't receive the word because you're just not ready yet to receive the word. Your heart's not in that place to receive it. I think sometimes we don't understand because uh, we're not ready to understand. And then I think some, sometimes we don't receive it because we just don't want to. I mean, can we be honest today? Sometimes we don't receive the word in our life just because we don't want to. Like, I hear what you're saying, but I don't want it. I hear what you're saying, but I don't care. I, I hear what you're saying, but... And, and the reason we're not living, like there's not being fruit produced out of our life, we're not seeing fruitful living in our lives is because we haven't received the word. And I want to give you some encouragement before I go into this next thing, that if you have someone in your life like this or somebody that you've been sowing seed into and you've been telling about the Lord and you've been trying to live it out in front of them and you're really just, you're praying for them or whatever, here's my, here's my encouragement to you. Keep praying and keep sowing seed. In this parable, the farmer just keeps sowing seed. He just keeps sowing seed. And here's the great thing about sowing seeds, sowing the word of God into other people's lives, is you're not necessarily responsible for the soil that it's being sown on. This farmer is sowing seed, and he said, some fell here, and some fell here, and some fell here, and some received it, and some didn't receive it, and some received it this way. But you just keep praying and keep sowing the seed. 
keep praying and keep sowing the seed with people in your life. Here's the second reason why our lives can be unfruitful. So what Jesus said is trouble and persecution. So look back at verses 16 and 17. He says, others like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. Right? And here's what this sounds like to me. They, they hear the word and they receive it with joy. Just at once they receive it with joy. It's, it's like, well, that sounds good. I like that. Jesus died for me and I don't have to, well, that's cool. I, I don't have to go to hell. I like that. I, I, like, I like this. Okay, I like what you're saying. I like what I'm hearing. Like, I'll, I'll receive that. Sure. I'll pray a prayer. I'm excited. I'm ready. I love what you're saying. Like, God's going to make my life better. This is going to change me. Like, somehow, like, somehow things are going to get, things are going to be better. I like what you're saying. I need this in my life. They receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And Jesus makes the point that there are some people who receive the word and they're happy about it and they're excited about it, but it never goes any deeper. It never goes any deeper than an excitement and an initial like, oh, I think I do need that. I do want that. I want that. But it never goes anywhere other than right there. It's just excitement. It's just great information. God's word and God's truth, it never gets deep in their heart and it never takes root. And so here's the problem. When they face some kind of trouble or opposition from the enemy or even opposition from other people, they cave. This is what Jesus is saying. He said they receive it. They're like, yeah, I want that. I want that. But as soon as something difficult happens, well, that didn't work. And, and Jesus said, and they fall away. Because it got difficult, it got hard. They, they faced something. There was some persecution. There was, there was trouble in their life. Well, I thought God would make my life better. And this doesn't look better. I thought God, would, I thought God was going to change this situation. And this doesn't look changed. I thought things would be easier. And this does not look easier. And there's, there's, I want to read this to you. This is James, who is the brother of Jesus. He said this. He said, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I was thinking about, you've probably heard this before, I was thinking about trees. Uh, trees get stronger when they face or they endure wind and storms. So as they bend, they get a little stronger. As they face things, they get a little stronger. As they endure something, they get a little stronger. And when I felt like the Lord was speaking to me through this, when he brought this scripture to my mind, that, that this, is the actual, this is the actual truth about trouble and persecution. Trouble and persecution shouldn't cause us to fall away. They should actually produce perseverance and make us mature. So James, the brother of Jesus, says... Hey, consider it joy when you face this because your perseverance is being developed in you. And, you're, and let it finish what it's doing in you so that you'll be complete, you'll be mature. And so what, what should mature us frustrates us so we walk away. And Jesus said this is this type of soil. It's, it's, it's what should be maturing you actually frustrates you 
and you don't like the way that it looks, and so you walk away because you never let the word grow roots down in your heart and get in you. It never went any deeper than just surface level. Here's the third reason why our lives may be unfruitful. I just titled this one, Worldly Things. Worldly Things. Look back at verses 18 and 19. He says, Jesus says, Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Some of us have, have heard and received the word of God, but our lives don't seem fruitful because we've allowed other things to become more important than God. And so our desires have shifted. And at one, at one time, we were desiring God and the things of God and living for God. And then something shifted, and we've allowed the worries of this life. We've allowed the deceitfulness of wealth. We've allowed the desire for other things to come in and choke, strangle the word that has been planted in you. And so instead of being fruitful, you're unfruitful in your living. Your life is unfruitful because you've allowed other things to choke out the word. What was planted in you cannot produce fruit because it's being choked out by the thorns. The things that we're worried about, they consume us. Trying to be wealthy, trying to be successful has top priority over God. Focusing on this passionate desire for worldly things has choked out your relationship with God. A desire for another relationship, desire to have more, desire to not, not let our kids miss out on things, desire to be noticed by somebody in the company that we work in. All of these things are not inherently bad things, but they, when, they, when they take the place of God in our lives, and we begin to worry about them, we begin to be deceived by wealth and by success and all of these things, and, and desire for worldly things sneaks in, it starts to choke out the word and it's it's almost i almost see it like this that there's what are those snakes that wrap around you and they squeeze you to death boa constrictor okay we'll go with that i heard about four answers and i'm gonna go with the last one i heard <laughs> they they'll wrap around you and and what i've heard i've never experienced this but what i've heard is that they'll wrap around you and every time you take a breath it gets a little tighter Until eventually you can't breathe anymore. And this is what, this is the picture I get of what Jesus is trying to warn us of. That when you start going after wealth and success, and you start worrying about everything, and you start desiring, like you've got this desire in you for worldly things, and it's like, you know, it, it's, it's sneaky, isn't it? It's sneaky. It's just a little bit here, and a little bit there, and it's just like... It's, just a little shift here, a little tweak here, and before you know it, what's been planted in you is producing nothing out of you, and God can't work in your life because it's been choked out by the thorns. It's been choked out by the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things, and it makes it unfruitful. Here's something else that Jesus taught um, that I think goes along with this area, and I want to tie it in because it is so, so important with, with where, where we're focused and, uh, you know, success and the desire for other things. Jesus said this in Matthew 6. He said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy 
and where thieves break in and steal. You ever stored something up on earth and it went away? You ever, you ever stored something up on earth and all of a sudden it was gone? And Jesus said, that's what happens when you store things up here. They don't last forever. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money, which really is talking about a spirit. It's talking about a God of money or wealth or, you know, you, you can kind of get the picture. Not just money, but the spirit of it. And here's, and here's what I want to, I want to give you, some of y'all been wondering what I was ever going to do with this balloon for the last 20 minutes. Did he ever, I saw him bring that balloon out. Is he ever going to touch that balloon? This, this represents your heart, right? This represents your heart. Y'all hear it beating? This is, this is my heart. This is my treasure. And here's, here's what happens in our lives. Is wherever this goes, my heart goes with it. So some of us have, have made, not anybody in here, because I know you, know you guys are all great Christians in here. <laughs> some of us have made, have made comments like, well, man, they, like, they just seem real passionate about being in the house of God and like worshiping, and I just don't get it. Like, I don't know what, what the big deal is or whatever. Can I tell you what they've done? They've invested there. And so you're seeing that their heart has followed because they've invested there. Well, they just seem, well, you, you, like you talk about, you talk about the word and you talk like people are so passionate about the word and they're like, oh man, I love being in the Bible. I love the word of God. You know, I've heard other pastors say, I love the word of God. I love being in the word of God. The word of God teaches me so much and I get so much out of it. And you're like, I get nothing out of it. I don't have a clue what it is. Like I tried that one time and I don't know what the big deal is about that. And, and, and here's, can I give you a, can I give you a visual? If you'll invest Even though your heart may be over here right now, if you'll invest in the word, your heart will follow. People, people will say, well, you just need to follow your heart. You need to follow your heart. No, you don't. You don't. You don't need to follow your heart. You need to lead your heart. Some of you have been in situations because you followed your heart and you're like, that's a bad decision. That's a bad choice. Like, I talked to my best friend, and she said, just follow your heart, just follow your heart. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And then you, you get on the other side of it, and you're like, that was terrible. I'm paying consequences 10 years later for following my heart, because the heart is deceitful above all else. You have to lead your heart. And Jesus said, wherever, and listen, it's not just money. It's not just money. We could talk about money. We could talk about money. You know why most people don't like to talk about money at church? I want to offend some people real quick. You know, most people don't like to talk about money at church because it's got a hold of you. I heard somebody say one time, they said that money is a great tool 
it's a terrible master. And I can promise you, wherever, listen, it's not just money, it's time, it's talent, it's all, like it's investing. You ever, we moved to Paris, Texas to plant the church, and we love it here. We're like, oh man, this is great. Like there's just enough to do here, but then you can drive two hours away, and you can go do more, and then you can come back. That's how we feel. <laughs> you ever, do you remember, some of you, some of you that grew up here and you were in school, and you were telling all your friends, and you were telling your parents, and you were telling everybody, you're like, man, when we graduate from school, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I want nothing to do at this place. So, and so, some of you are like, and then, and, but it, what's, what's funny is here you are. <laughs> here you are. Can I, can I help you? Can I help you? Can I help you? What if you started investing in the community that you complain about? Oh, am I being too honest? What if you started investing in, and you invested in the community, and you started giving to help that organization, and you started, you started mentoring somebody, and, and you, you figured out, man, I, I've got I've to share something with these other kids that are about to come out of high school, because I remember what it was like when I came out and I was wanting to be gone, and you started investing in it. You know what will happen? This is a biblical principle. You know what will happen? When you invest in it, your heart follows. You know why we love this city? Because we're invested. We're invested. We're here for the long haul. And if this is where God has us, we're going to be invested. And wherever you invest, listen, wherever you invest, wherever you put your treasure, your heart will follow. So if you want your heart to be somewhere, if you want your heart to be in excitement to come to church, invest if you want your heart to be in kingdom minded think kingdom things invest if you want your heart to be listen if you want your heart to be back in your marriage again invest and when you begin to invest and i got to get off this because i'm running out of time but when you begin to invest y'all don't go anywhere now you stay right here when you begin to invest your heart follows. So wherever you want your heart to be, wherever you want your heart to be, start sowing there. Start sowing there. And when I sow there, when I invest there, I may not feel it. You're going to do it three times and be like, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't feel it. I, don't, I, don't, I still don't understand it. I don't, know what, I don't know what that's all about. I don't know. What, just keep, keep going. Keep, keep putting your treasure there. Keep putting your treasure in kingdom things and your heart will follow. Your heart will follow. Your heart will follow. So where is your treasure? Where's your treasure? Here's the reality. I think sometimes we're more concerned with how we can make another dollar than we are with applying God's word. Some of us are more worried about missing out on things than we are applying God's word to our lives. Sometimes we're more focused on fleshly desires that we, that we have to be successful in life. And none of these things are inherently bad things. They're all good things. We want you to be successful. You should be successful. You should be, as a Christian, you ought to be the best employee at your job. Man, the best, the best testimony you can give to people that work around you is be the best employee and then, and then all glory to God. He gave me this job. He provides for me. He's put me in this place. Maybe we just need to put God back in the right priority in our lives instead of choking him out with other things.
Investing in our relationship with God as top priority brings our heart along also. So those are a few things that I believe Jesus teaches us that they will choke out and make things unfruitful in our lives. And we'll, we'll, we'll look and we're like, man, why is my life? I'm not seeing any fruit in my life. Like I see, I see fruit in their life. I don't see any fruit in my life. Maybe, maybe it's that we haven't received the word or that we're allowing other things, worldly things to choke it out. Or we've, we've not taken it any deeper in our lives and it hasn't taken root. And so when hard things happen, we throw in the towel because something hard happened. But here's what I want to do. I want to identify a few steps that I think Jesus gives us really in one verse that I think we can take with us every day that will help us begin to bear fruit in our lives as disciples of Jesus. It's verse 20. He says, Others like seed sown on good soil hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. So here are some steps to a fruitful life. Here's the first thing. Hear the word. Hear the word. Seems so simple. But here's how I would, here's how I would put it to you. Um, the more you hear the word, the more you know the word. The more you hear the word, the more the word gets in you. The more you hear the word, the more you know it. The more it gets in you, the more you hear it. The more you can quote it, the more you can use it against the enemy. Romans 10, 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. And ultimately, uh, this verse is referring to the good news of Jesus and salvation, but I think it can apply to so many areas of our lives. That when we hear the word, we begin to, to experience what it, what it wants to do in our lives. The more we know the word, the more we hear the word. So here's, here's my encouragement to you. Put yourself in situations to constantly hear the word. Put yourself in spaces to constantly hear the word. Like, come to church every week. And I know, it's Thanksgiving week, people are traveling, this and that. It's not a condemning thing. It's like, well, we missed a week. It's like, well, pastor's going to be mad. No, he's not. There's weeks we're not here. But here's the thing. It ought to be a priority. It ought to be a priority for you and your family. Man, we're going we're gonna to be in the house of God, and we're going to hear the word. We're going to worship together. We're going to hear the word. Get in a grow group. And I know we just ended, which means it's a perfect time for you to start praying about the one that you want to be in after the first of the year. And our, our iKids groups and our adult groups and all that just ended this last week for this semester. And now we go through the holidays, and we have Thanksgiving and Christmas. We celebrate. And then when we come back the first of the year, we're going to be talking about groups again and how you need to be in a group. Get in a group. Read your Bible every day. Read your Bible every day. Listen to podcasts. Like find, find two or three podcasts that are biblically based. Let me just throw that out there. Like do some research <laughs> and find something that's biblically based. That's the word of God and get it in you. Get it in you. There's, there, you know, the Bible app. Many of us have the Bible app. The Bible app will actually read to you. It'll read the Bible to you. And there's another app, it does cost you a little bit, but there's another app called Dwell that you can get, and it's actually an audio Bible that uh, it's not like a computer reading to you, it's actually a person that sat down and recorded like an audio book, they're reading the Bible in multiple translations, different people, different voices, different accents, come on somebody, you get to pick your accent for who you want to read the Bible, you can, get, you can, read, you can listen to the Bible with an English accent, come on, there's nothing better than that. But hear, hear the word. Hear the word. Put yourselves in environments and situations and spaces where you're hearing 
the word. Instead of filling our minds with worldly things, not even bad things, but just fill our minds with the word. Here's the second step to a fruitful life. I think it's accept the word. Accept the word. Now, we have a tendency as Americans, I told you earlier I was going to offend some people. I might offend some people right now too. We have a tendency as Americans to have an opinion and then try to get a Bible verse to back up our opinion. Am I preaching to anybody? Have you been there? I've been there. You got an opinion about what you want it to say. And so you go find a verse that you think helps you say what you want it to say. And in reality, we need to accept what the word says and apply the word to our lives. We don't, we don't need to be trying to make it say what we want it to say. In fact, we could, we, I wrote it down this way. Too many times we try to make the Bible say what we want it to say instead of accepting what it says, what it actually says, and applying it. Apply, accept it. Accept what the Word says. What if we stopped, what if we stopped looking at the Bible as, as well, I, I, need to, I need to try to change what it says and maybe it doesn't really say that and how can I make it say what I want it to say so that it kind of fits my framework and we just allowed the Bible to change us what would Paris Texas look like if there were tons of people believers all over the community who have allowed the word of God to change them and just accepted it for it it is the authoritative infallible word of God and I'm going to allow it to change me I'm going to allow it to change me. Oh, what, it, what, would, what would it look like on Tuesday if you're reading your Bible and you came across something and you're like, oh, I need to change. I haven't been doing that. I hadn't been living that. My life doesn't look like that. I, I need to change. I, I need it to change me. We won't read it for the sake of time, but 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all Scripture is inspired by God. And what does it do? If you Go look this verse up. It teaches us the truth it proves or it uh, exposes or whatever word you want to put in there what's wrong in our lives it corrects us this is this is it separates hebrews would say it separates soul and spirit the spirit part of you that's made perfect at salvation and the soulish part of you that's fleshly and all those desires it cuts it all like it separates it so that you can live in this place and in this position that god has already given you and not in this one, where it's all about you and it's about your fleshly desires and you keep giving into this and giving into that. No, it's like I need the word of God. It separates. It cuts. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. This is why it's so important that we allow it to change us. That the word changes us. Some of us just simply need to accept the authority of God's word in our lives and stop trying to skate around it. Psalm 1, I love this, Psalm 1, this whole chapter, but there's a part of it that says that those who meditate on the word, those who meditate on the law of the Lord, they are like trees planted beside streams of water that bear fruit in every season. They bear fruit in every season. So it's the meditating on the law of the Lord or the word, it's the meditating on the word that makes me like a tree that's planted by waters that allows me to produce fruit in every single season. Every season. So we need to accept the word of God. We need to accept it into our lives. Allow it to change us. Allow it to do something in us. And then here's the last thing as the worship team comes. You guys can come help me. The third thing, third step to a fruitful life, what Jesus said is produce a crop, or I would say do the word. 
do the word. Hear the word. Come on, put yourself in environments where you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. I'm going to accept it for my life. It is the authority in my life. I'm not going to let my opinion be the authority. I'm letting God's word be the authority. And I'm going to do what it says. I'm going to allow it to change me, allow it to transform me, allow it to affect what I say, allow it to affect what I do. And James, we read from James earlier, but here's another few verses in James. He writes this. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, look at this line, they will be blessed in what they do. They will be blessed in what they do. It's the doing of the word that he says you'll be blessed as you do. Not just here, but when you begin to do what the word says, that person is blessed. You'll be blessed in what you do when you do the word. Blessing is found in obedience to God's word. It's found in applying the word to our lives. Blessing is found in submitting our lives to the word of God as the ultimate truth. Will you stand today? I just want to end, I want to end with this. So what is the difference between fruitful living and unfruitful living? If we could, if we could sum it all up, if we could sum it all up, and, and, and you're here today and you're like, what is, okay, my life seems unfruitful. How do I, how do I become someone who lives fruitfully? What is the difference? What is it that, that makes the, the shift? Here's, here's one simple way. If I could put it in this term, it would be this. What we allow to influence us. What we allow to influence us. And I want to read this to you. I, I jotted some things down because here's just the difference in what we allow to influence us. Unfruitful living is that we're focused on worldly things. We're focused on selfish ambition. It's our, our desire for more influences us. Our worries influence us. Difficulties influence us. We allow outside circumstances to dictate whether or not we will serve God. We are more influenced by the things happening to us and that's making the decisions in our life rather than God and His Word making the decisions in our life. So what is fruitful living? We're focused on the Lord. Not on worldly things, we're focused on the Lord. We're focused on serving others. We're focused on being changed that we are being transformed to be more like Jesus. And it's God's truth that influences us, not what's going on in my life. No, what's going on in my life, Jesus said in this life you're gonna have trouble, but take heart, I've already overcome the world. So it's God's truth in me. It's God's truth that influences me. It's, it's other believers speaking God's truth that influence me. And outside circumstances drive me to trust the Lord even more. Rather than outside circumstances causing me to, to fall away or to question, which there's nothing wrong inherently about questioning. Sometimes we question things we don't understand. And, and, and you know, there are some things that we won't understand until we're with the Lord one day. But it's that I don't allow difficulties and outside circumstances to push me away from God. 
I allow the difficulties and outside circumstances and things that might be happening to me to cause me to lean into God more because I'm influenced by Him. I'm not influenced by what's happening to me. What's the difference between unfruitful living and fruitful living? What are you allowing to influence you? What are you allowing to influence you? Do situations influence what you do? Or does God and His Word influence what you do? So I want to invite the prayer team to come down. Lord, we thank you. We thank you so much for your Word. And we thank you that you love us right where we are. God, we don't have to earn your salvation. It's a free gift that we get to receive, but we do have to receive it. And Lord, even, even beyond that, Lord, I pray that that gift of salvation would take root in our hearts and in our lives. And that it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be just a shallow thing. It wouldn't be something that we allow other things to come in and choke it out. But Lord, that it would take root in our lives and it would produce something. That we would live fruitfully. That there would be fruit, there would be evidence of our connection to you. And Lord, I pray right now as we sing this song and we worship you and we lift our hands and we lift our voices once again for just these next few minutes, that if there's anybody here today who needs prayer, Lord, help them not be ashamed to come for prayer. But if there's anybody here today who needs prayer for anything in their life, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw them in Jesus' name. Amen.